I know you're not a big fan of the Black Lives Matter movement because you put out a video titled Seven Reasons Why the Black Lives Matter Sucks. And within, I would say, five minutes, I had my hat ripped off. Wow. I was wrestling on the ground for my hat with this, like, fat So, on ignorance, you had a video uh, titled Trans So, <laughs> do you, like, get off on seeing people's reactions to your statements, your beliefs, but also the language that you use? Or... You know, secretly behind closed doors, they think everything I say makes sense down to the period. Let's get into it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome back to Let's Get Into a Podcast hosted by me, Sloan. And today we are joined by Blair White. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Let's get into it. I know. I'm so excited <laughs> that you're here because I've been watching you for years. Um, You know, you're a fellow YouTuber. You do political commentary and actually really inspired a lot of my commentary. Just really? your format. And yeah, I mean, well, oh you've been gosh. doing it for so long. Yeah. And today you're also a birthday girl. So oh I my wanted to gosh, bring you this is so sweet. <laughs> I was like nervous, like how are we going to do this? this but is so sweet, yeah, I wanted to bring guys. you a birthday cake and oh sing happy birthday because why are you here? Oh my like, god, I'm going to do an Instagram story. Why are you here on your birthday? I don't know, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to do like a work fun hybrid trip. So I was like, yeah. you go to LA and like while I'm there, why not book some podcasts? And uh -huh. I'm a huge fan of you too as well. Oh my gosh. So like up. that just it just made it all the sons in the world to come. So, well, let's go oh ahead and God. sing happy birthday to Blair. Thank you guys. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Blair. That's so sweet, you guys. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yes, now make I'm a wish. I'm 30 though, yeah, so I, I kind of want to die about that, but that's uh -huh. fine. Death to your um, 20s. I wish to, oh my God, she's licking my hand, how sweet. <laughs> I wish to age well and not mm. be looking like I'm busted by my 31st birthday. That's what I wish for. 
Yeah, and still relevant by 40. So right? sweet. Thank you. You guys yes. are so nice. I did not expect that at all. Oh my gosh. When I saw it was your birthday, I was like, okay, why is she doing this charity work? Maybe she just like sit <laughs> back or like what is going on here? So. It's not though, because can I tell you, you're totally my, like when I'm high in bed, uh-huh. or sorry, when I'm relaxing, when I'm elevated in bed. Uh-huh. Like to watch and like just get all the scoop on all like the celebrity stuff because I feel like because I do politics, I'm so yeah. sometimes detached from like celebrity culture and that sort of stuff. So you're my window back into that so I can feel uh, a part of the world. It's so interesting to me because like I said, I've watched you for so long. So the fact that you've like seen my content, I still can't like wrap my mind around it. But thank you to YouTube. Did not know that by the way, because I had followed you like about a week ago. Yeah. And um <laughs> You DM me and I realized you had DM me before and I was yeah. like, oh my God, we totally should have connected before, but I'm glad we have now. Yeah, no, I mean, I've like, and I don't ever like DM people. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that was like a different era. That's when I was like really fangirling. So um, I want to talk a little bit about your transition. Just like, let's go ahead and jump into that because that's yeah. a big part of your identity and your stance on a lot of things. So let's you, do it. you talk about like the gender dysmorph- uh, dysmorphia? Dysphoria. Dysphoria, yeah. yeah. So when did you first start experiencing that? I think that my earliest memories in life are very much, you know, clouded with gender dysphoria. So mm-hmm. around like maybe four or five. So mm-hmm. it was like preschool, you know, it was kind of as soon as I entered the world and started understanding that there were these things called genders that was, you know, somewhat of a segregation between humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> a loose way to describe it. And uh, I just kind of like from a really early age, like didn't feel comfortable being perceived as male. I didn't know what that was Mm -hmm. until I got older. And then I got the language to describe it. Yeah. And then uh, once I hit around 19, I realized I got a transition. And then once I was 20, I did it. So when you were in like middle school, high school, you weren't like dressing as a girl or living as a girl in any way? I was doing sort of the, I was like a punk rock kid. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of, I feel like my way of expressing myself without actually like yeah. Get, getting into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I did like a bunch of crazy hairstyles. People pull up the pictures all the time, like me with like a purple mullet and like a pink. Oh c- like, yeah, it was like the emo scene. Jeffree Star vibes. Very much that. It was like that whole era of just like. Blood on the dance floor. Yeah. Hi. Um, DC, it was <laughs> the DC shoes. Yeah, it was very much that. And it was a time where like gender didn't necessarily like. It wasn't like so politicized. The trans shit wasn't politicized and yeah. like expressing yourself differently wasn't like a political thing like it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just having fun. So at some point you described like this um, dysphoria as like a mental illness. Mm-hmm. So do you, would you consider yourself then mentally ill because you are For transgender? Sure. Yeah. For sure. So do you think there are transgender people who aren't mentally ill? Um. Like, do you think there's trans people out there that yeah, exist that or, aren't mentally ill? Or do you think it is, like, just generally a mental illness? Well, I think that there are a lot of people who call themselves trans that are not. Yeah. So um, so those people, perhaps they're not. Or maybe they have some other things going on. But gender dysphoria itself, mm-hmm. um, I believe, is a mental illness. And I have to say I believe because it technically was taken out of the DSM-5. Okay. For political purposes, you know, people felt like it was sort of, like, making trans people look mentally ill or something yeah they're like it makes them look mentally ill or crazy but my whole thing is like i don't think people who have mental illness are bad people i don't think they're like insane people i don't Mm -hmm. think that they're you know i think that allowing us to just talk honestly about the fact that it is a mental disorder actually paints us with a much more vibrant picture and allows people to understand us because if 
to the average person and to me, if I were to step outside of it and be like, okay, so you transition to a girl or a boy, whichever way, uh -huh. but you don't think that has anything to do with your brain or like anything, anything chemically went wrong, then what is it? Yeah. If it's not that, then what is it? A fetish, a pastime, mm. a hobby? Because that's not as valid as your brain really made you feel that way, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, nowadays, everyone's mentally ill, right? Everyone's got mental illness. Right. It's crazy. I mean, it's and it's like <clears throat> people expect to be coddled if they have, like, you know, depression or anxiety. It's yeah. like, oh, God, like, welcome to the real world. But and I don't fuck with that because it's like, can I swear on here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever I don't fuck with want. that because... The whole coddling thing, I feel like, doesn't actually help anyone. Like, mm -hmm. granted, it's it's always great to be emotionally supportive of people, and like, I need that from time to time. But what I don't need is someone telling me, "You're not mentally ill. You just perceived yourself as a girl from a young age, and yeah. then radically altered your body to embody it on the outside." But that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. Yes, it does. Something yeah. is wrong. Something is wrong. That doesn't mean I can't live a great life. That doesn't mean that. I'm a bad person or other trans people. It doesn't have to be about me. Mm -hmm. um, but if uh, if like anxiety, social yeah. anxiety, is considered a mental disorder, how is not perceiving your body as the opposite gender? Like that's a lot. You know? Yeah, I think that's like actually the way you describe it. I think the initial statement people were like, oh God, like you're attacking me. But it's also like, it seems like you're seeking validation that you are transgender because it's a mental illness and that's how you have kind of come to terms to accept it. If it's not that, then what is it? I mean, yeah. it's something that exists in my brain. So that's mental. That's the word mental that describes mm -hmm. with the brain. And then it caused me distress, which means a disorder. <laughs> There's a disordered thinking. So to me, it just all makes all the sense in the world. So I was um, at dinner with a friend the other day, and they were telling me that they listened to like a statement that you said where you described, I guess, like transgender women as still a category of man. Mm -hmm. So like when I look at you, or even like, you know, Gigi Gorgeous, Nikita Dragon, like there's nothing that's giving man. I feel like it doesn't, there's no, like if you were to define what a man is, if there is a definition out there, I mean, how can you explain that you would be like, I mean, it's, does your partner call you boyfriend or call you husband? Like, how, how, why do you think that a trans woman fits into the male category? Well, because they are male, you know, like I have a dick. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't have to mean that I embody all the characteristics of a man because there are men who identify as men who do not embody all the characteristics of a man or what we would think, you know. Um, so for me, it was just about having like that clip was from a very just like literal conversation I was having. It's like I believe in, you know, if someone makes an honest transition is living the life a certain way, there is never a reason to call them a man to their face, be mm -hmm. rude, be like, he, he, he. But like, if we're having a talk about science, yeah, then there's like a scientific way to look at it. And then there's a social way. So for me, just because scientifically I'm a whole man doesn't mean, and biologically, that doesn't mean that socially it doesn't make more sense. This is the argument I had with um, Ben Shapiro. I had a debate with him on my channel. Uh -huh. The only trans person to win a debate with Ben Shapiro, by the way. Let's get into that. <laughs> and, uh, the debate was basically like he was on a show talking about me and he said I wasn't there and he said that Blair's cool but I would always call him a man in every scenario in real life mm -hmm. and I'm thinking listen if you and I went out to dinner and let's say I got there first mm -hmm. and you had to tell the host at the front of the restaurant where where your friend is are you going to say the man in the orange shirt given that i'm wearing orange or are you going to say the woman in the orange shirt yeah you're not going to say he it doesn't make sense yeah um so there's social reasons to call someone male or female that are different than biology the same way that like you look at an adopted parent who's really going to be the asshole to be like you're not really a parent 
yeah. biologically speaking, you are not a parent. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, you know, you're tr correct, mm -hmm. but maybe just don't be a dick. <laughs> so, but on, so like on your ID, your driver's license, it says female. Well, yeah. Female. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done. Well, if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's talk a little bit about YouTube. So you've got over 230 million views on YouTube. Really? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, and like I was surprised because... When I usually do like a little like deep dive on someone and look at their old videos, it's different kind of content. Like at least for me, I used to do like food reviews and stupid things like that before mm -hmm. I found like my niche. But you kind of always been talking about like society and yeah. like political stances. So, um, I mean, you that was like what almost eight years ago yeah. when you first started posting those videos. What compelled you to start doing that at like what like 22, 23 years old? Twenty three. Um, and uh, it was basically I had just started my transition. Mm -hmm. And so I was experiencing a lot of new things. I was walking through the world being perceived a bit different. And so suddenly I had different thoughts on feminism mm -hmm. and gender issues and politics. I just became an adult. So I'm like, okay, you know, having to, you know, work for a living and that might make me feel differently about capitalism and all yeah. these things. And I was also, you know, I was born and raised in California, which is very, very liberal. And, uh, I was going to college and I realized that there's like no one around me or at least on the outside that thinks like me. Like maybe they do, but they won't say it. There's like a clear, <laughs> like you cannot be a Republican in no, California. For sure. Here it's almost like the, it's the liberal paradise yeah. essentially, um, which I'm not like one way or the other, but I definitely like can see here that there's no free, free thinking at all. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there are blue states and there are red states and people are free to think however they want within those states and cities and whatever. But there's a certain level of like toxicity in California if you speak your mind on these things. So mm -hmm. I kind of realized, well, you know, I 
can't really stay on my college campus, otherwise I'm gonna be failing classes. In fact, there was one class, oh my God, this story. So I was in a, I forget what class, but either way, my professor made us do a BuzzFeed quiz as a whole like assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a BuzzFeed quiz, how racist are you? Not like, are you racist? Not like, what are your nuanced thoughts on race? It was like, you go into it assuming every student is racist and you have to just answer it. And so instead of taking the actual BuzzFeed quiz, which I'm like, why is a college professor making us take a BuzzFeed quiz? Um, I wrote a whole report about how it was stupid. And I was like, I reject this premise because you're starting me off as racist. And I'm not just going to identify as that because you want me to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I failed that. (laughs) So there was a lot of things on my college campus, basically. Are your parents conservative? Um, no, no. My mom's a liberal. My dad's dead. Oh, oh no. Rest in peace. <laughs> it's fine. Um, were they, I mean, assuming he was around, were they accepting of your transition? I transitioned a little bit after my dad died. And then my mom, she was always accepting of it. I think it yeah. was hard for her. Like it would be hard for any family in the sense of, you know, feel people don't talk about this, but it feels like a loss for them a lot of times, you know, and in many ways it is, you know, you don't use the same name for the child anymore and the world sees them differently. So I think it was hard, but she never, to her credit, let that show on the outside. Like she was always supportive, very kind. So once I got a little older, I kind of opened up the space for her to be like, tell me how you really feel. Yeah. Like, you know, you're a loving mother and you want me to be alive and happy and healthy. And that's fantastic. Thank you. So how'd you really feel? And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, that she's happy that I'm happy, but it felt like a death in some ways. Uh, So that was real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think, do you kind of like hold on to some guilt when you hear those things? Because it's like, I guess you're essentially like causing that pain to that person. Does it make you regret any of the choices you've made? No, because I think that there comes a time in everyone's life and you can throw trans out of the equation. You can Uh use whoever you are. There comes a time in everyone's life where you have to live for you. And, you know, at the end of the day, should you still take people's feelings into account? Yes. And I think that every situation is different. So, for example, you know, I see sometimes husbands leaving their entire families Mm -hmm. to go be women at 40, having had four kids and a wife who dedicated her entire life to you. And now she hasn't any eggs left Uh and you just ruined her life. That's different. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I was 19. I had the world ahead of me and I was like, got to do it. Uh So I don't regret it. So when you started posting on YouTube, how long did it take for you to get some traction on there? Shockingly, it was like really immediate. It was actually, um, I uploaded it like at night, my first video. And I thought seven people would see it, you know. And then I woke up the next day and it was posted on all these different websites. Mm. And it had like 30,000 views, like overnight first YouTube video ever. So I was like, okay, that's like a thing. Yeah. Let me make another one. And then it just, my life was never different from that that first day. Really? So at that point, were you, did you have other career aspirations or had you gone to college or where were you when you first started posting? I was in college when I first started posting for computer science. That was a flop. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't know anything about computer science. Yeah. Was pretending I did because it was fun being like the only girl in a class of guys. But uh, career aspirations, no, I didn't really know where I was going. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going to college for a major I didn't really love, I think, which is kind of common thing. Um, I was going to figure it out as I went and I figured it out. It was like, okay, I guess I'm going to talk politics. So when you started to gain this online fame, how did your family and friends react? It was weird. Yeah. So weird. You can probably relate to this. I mean, I mean, I feel like nowadays everyone's an influencer. TikTok, it's so easy. Like, oh God, it's so annoying. But like back when you were doing it, it was kind of like still a little bit more like at least, I mean, we were young, but you know, it was still in the early days. So, um, 
were they when you started making money from it though were your was your mom supportive or yeah um my mom was supportive from the jump but it was more so friends that like mm -hmm. were weird like i found out this is an insane story i found out that because i had a bunch of like liberal friends around me yeah um a few of them were doing little watch parties oh like making fun of you talking hella shit oh that's like the the colleen with the trisha nudes like they're all just laughing at it find, yeah that demon oh, that colleen. fucking demon yeah what do you think of trisha um i appreciate her presence i like what she is in the youtube world mm -hmm. and in the media world um, but she switched up on me. So Oh really? Like yeah. talking crap about you? A little bit. We um met and we did a little collab for my channel and she asked me to fuck her on OnlyFans. I didn't do it. <laughs> oh I'm not into God. that. Um and everything was great. And then I woke up one day and she had done some TikTok where she got a clip of me and Shane Dawson talking like way back in the day about non-binary people mm -hmm. saying something very much like very tame for considering what I talk about. Yeah. And you know, she was attacking Shane in that, but I also felt a little bit like you're talking, you're commenting on what we're both saying. So you're talking shit about me too. So I was like, whatever, but that's, you know, YouTube friendships for you. Oh, for sure. I'm, I, and I think at that point, Trisha was kind of in her Demi Lovato era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Demi, Demi Lovato. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was a mess at the VMAs. I don't know if you watched that, but no, ugh, it was shaky. It didn't, it wasn't giving what she used to give. Well, a lot has happened to her since she used to get machines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, heart attacks, right? That's what I heard. Um, <laughs> so besides heart your, attack. yeah, besides your friends like talking shit about you when you first started posting, obviously, like what you're saying wasn't the you know happy. Like this is my foundation. Like try it out. No. Like it was all super like politically charged and yeah. commentary. So did you first receive just a ton of hate initially? Like how did you? No, no. Initially the only people, um, you mean like the online world? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the online world initially was very, very unanimously positive because it was only reaching like like-minded people at first. That's only mm -hmm. showing up in their algorithms, you know, it was like the right wing people. And then, um, once I started expanding and like reaching people outside of those algorithmic boundaries, suddenly it's like, Ring, ring. Hi, this is the FBI. We have a few legitimate threats against your life and we're going to need oh, to come talk wow. to you really quick. Suddenly it was, you know, people posting my address on Twitter and posting themselves holding pictures of guns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's been really crazy. I've been doxxed everywhere I've lived since starting this. Um, but that's fine because yeah. I have hella guns too. So <laughs> yeah, no. I relate to that too. I mean, after I have, I've had a few situations too. So I'm like, if anyone comes to my house, people as well. Yeah, no. So if anyone comes to my house, they're not leaving. They won't be leaving. Yeah. You're going to be <laughs> leaving losing a body a bag. Yeah. How do you staying? So, um, <laughs> speaking about YouTube a little bit, uh, our first guest on this podcast was Eugenia Cooney thoughts on Eugenia <sighs> Cooney. I feel so bad for her. Yeah. She's happy. She's ha She, okay. Well, there are people that are, you know, <laughs> 600 pounds and, happy as well that doesn't mean that their body is happy yeah you know so i just feel really bad for her because i feel like she is in the position where she kind of is and i'm not saying this to be inflammatory because again i've dealt with eating disorders so i have mm -hmm. like a huge amount of empathy for it it is actual like hell having an eating disorder um she is sort of physically like walking talking clickbait in the sense of you see it and you're, you're, you're focused on it because it's so extreme mm -hmm. the point that she's gotten to um, so that plays into like her making a living. And then, you know, you have a mom who's on camera talking about how she's healthy. And it's like, sometimes you can just look 
and see a lack of health mm -hmm. or if you have health sometimes it's nuanced and shaky like oh she's really thin okay but there's really thin and then there's someone needs to like put her somewhere so speaking of that your friend jacqueline glenn are you still friends mm -hmm. so she did put eugenia somewhere and i try to be extra nice yeah. to eugenia because i was hard on her back in the day so i try to be a friend there for her and check in on her and just be a person that she can confide in because she's been fucked over by so many people yeah. including like jacqueline glenn like taking her to an escape room and then actually 5150ing her. What, like, what are your thoughts on that position? Like, do you think that was necessary? I don't know, like, all the exact logistics of how the entire thing went down. And there's mm -hmm. definitely two sides to every story. So it's not as if I can't understand how there would be a feeling of betrayal, like from Eugenia. Mm -hmm. um, I can only speak to Jacqueline's heart, which I know you know, because she had had conversations with me before she did it, obviously, mm -hmm. because, you know, all of us are public figures. We all know who's friends with who. So I know she's friends with her. And I'm like, what is up with this girl? Like, is she OK? Um, and she would be in tears sometimes talking about it. Like, I have no idea what to do. There's no way to, like, have a gentle conversation with her. There's no way to have a harsh conversation with her, you know. So it's kind of like when being nice doesn't work. And when being harsh and really putting her somewhere doesn't work, it's kind of like it really is up to Eugenia and you would hope up to her family. Yeah. But the mom thinks that's healthy. So what's also weird to me, too, because like from talking to Eugenia about it, she expresses that she wasn't that close to Jacqueline. So it just seems like like I mean, as a grown adult nowadays, like you know, I can't imagine someone taking like my situation in their own hands, especially they're not even yeah. family members. We're barely friends. We're kind of like creator friends, you know, essentially. I mean, it's a little bit of an overstep, in my opinion. But I mean, I, mean, I would swing. <clears throat> yeah. If someone I mean, came sorry. up in my space talking about we're going to put you in a different space. Yeah. However, I just think like, I don't know how I would react if I had, and I don't know, maybe they weren't as close. Maybe they, they were. Yeah. I mean, that's another two side thing. But for me, like, I think of the people who are closest to me in life. And if I saw one of them get to even close to that state, I would be like, you could hate me forever, but I'm going to step in. Yeah. in some way. So it's a tough situation because Eugenia is an adult, you know, mm -hmm. she has a very young demeanor. So sometimes I think people kind of treat her younger, but she, you know, she's a grown adult, so it is in her hands to fix her life. And that's the, how it is with everyone. You know, mm -hmm. I could have sat with my gender dysphoria and like been depressed my entire life, or I could have stepped it the fuck up and done something about it. Yeah. But that's everyone's journey. So talking a little bit more about living as a trans woman, how has dating been for you? It's great. You know, people talk a lot about how it's like transphobic not to date trans people. And they paint this picture as if like no one wants to date trans people because it mm -hmm. makes it look like, oh, you're just running to a bunch of transphobes. I can't speak to that experience because I've never had that issue. Um, and I feel like that's maybe specific people's issues. Yeah. Um, but it's great. You know, I feel like. Have you had like, a, so obviously you're engaged now to mm -hmm. Joey. Um, have you had any other serious relationships? Yeah, I've only had long-term relationships. I've never had like a whole phase. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely like a long-term person. Um, but one of the things that I remember like before I transitioned was like, I see how hard it is. Like, and maybe you could speak to this, maybe you can't, maybe mm -hmm. it's not your experience, but every like gay male I've interacted with talks about how hard it is to date in the gay community, how it's miserable, how you can't find love. And maybe that's another case of like, that's you and not me. Yeah. Um, but I do remember thinking back like, Ooh, how am I going to date if I'm not like trans? Like, I don't uh -huh. know. So, um, as soon as I transitioned, it kind of all opened up for me. Yeah. Did you, um, meet him online? 
Joey? Yeah. Yeah, he was a fan. Yeah, oh, really? So what do you think, because I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, what do you think about bringing, like, so you've got your platform, like, over a million subscribers, and you've brought him on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you've shown him to people, like, why would you do that and, like, let <laughs> right. people get your, like, have that part of your life, I guess? Well, I have taken a big step back from that in recent yeah. years, so I don't think I've posted anything about him or my love life at all in, like, a couple years. Yeah. Because that was sort of like a, you know, that was like a baby influencer move, where yeah. it was like, you know, I was 20, I think, for when we met and so right out the gate i'm like i do videos now this is part of my life this isn't my videos yeah um so i kind of had to come into my own and kind of understand that that has a lot of pitfalls and i've never actually seen that work out for anyone like the other day i was actually struggling to think about it. i was like who has had a success story being in the public eye and making the relationship public i'm thinking I don't know, you got Kim and Kanye, J-Lo and Ben Affleck, you got even then influence, you got Tana Mojo and Jake Paul. No one. Yeah. No one. I agree with you. And I think me getting into this older, you know, I, I went to school, I had a career in the government. I've like been in the real world. So I value like my boyfriends will never like be on my screen. And I think Good what you. you're saying is like you have, you're honest, you've, you've retracted from like sharing him on social media because people are still curious if you're engaged. Like I saw yeah. people questioning it online. At one point, your engagement was called off because of drinking. Yeah, yeah. We, we were having some issues and like even going public about that, that was like everything has been such a process for me to grow and understand what's yeah. for me and what's like for the world. So like looking back, you know, sharing the good and the bad should have always been just like a no, you mm -hmm. know, especially because people really feel like they have ownership over those things when you when you let them in on it, right? It's like people, especially as YouTubers, I think there's a different connection people have with us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like we're talking heads on TV and there's no emotion. It's like we're filming sometimes in our bedrooms, in our living rooms, and people are really in our houses with us. So I kind of learned more privacy with that. With yeah. friends too, friends too. I know, I totally agree. I mean, even with my, I mean, that's why I value what I do on YouTube because it's never really about me. It's about like the stories I cover. Yeah. So people get to like love me and then once in a while I'll do a life update. It's like, you know, 500K views. I'm like, oh my gosh, like people are interested. Mm -hmm. But I talked about like my cheating experience and that blew up and it was so annoying like for months after to go on dates and then have people come up at a restaurant and be like, Oh, like, I'm so sorry about your ex cheating on you, blah, blah. And I'm like, the person's like, oh, so what do you do for work? Like, they don't even know I do YouTube. And it's like, it is like an extra, I learned a lesson just from that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to share anything about my love life because people can use it against you and they feel that connection, which is like, great. We love that. But also at the same time, when you're like out and like on a date or just uh, all out and about and having fun with my friends, I don't want to be like reminded. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like a pity thing, too. It's like, why are you giving me pity? Everyone goes through things. Everyone gets hurt and hurts other people, you mm -hmm. know, but yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, it's a different landscape doing YouTube than traditional media. And like, if you think about it in the really like long term of things, like being an influencer or having like an online presence, that is the new wave in terms of there will be influencers now for the rest of time. And that only was a thing in the past like decade. Mm -hmm. So we're like in the first batch of people in all of human history that are figuring this out. Right. So, you know, I've had some some missteps with what I've shared and what I haven't shared. Like I've talked way too openly about like my family issues. I've cried on camera. Since I think about crying on camera, I'm like, wow, that's embarrassing. Yeah. But people also appreciate that too though. I will no, say they that. definitely do. It's like, so, I mean, that's why they get all these views and then it sticks with people is because it is like a vulnerable place to be and like yeah. people can relate to that. And that's why 
I think people like YouTubers. It's a genuine yeah. connection. Has that affected? I mean, I don't know much about Joey, but he's not like a social media influencer type, right? No, no. So has that a... like affected his own life? Like you putting that stuff out there? Yeah. 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 Like lost jobs. Oh, no. Like been fired. That's... Is it true that he worked at Ru like RuPaul as a producer or something? Uh, he, he was like a PA on that yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Like years ago. And I was yeah. like, that's interesting. Um, yeah, but, clock him. He's like, <laughs> hi, oh, is he gay? Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, so mm. that's one of the things that I really, really hate. Yeah, about no, but I think that's like, it's also good though that it, you, it happened, you had to learn that lesson. Like, it's yeah. part of your like experience on social media. I feel like it's nothing to regret, but I, when I saw it, I was just like, ooh, because I'm just, yeah, I really much value my privacy. So, I mean, it's the idea that like what I do can negatively affect anyone in my life, right? So, not just even him, like friends and, and whatever. It's like, that stings. Like I had a friend, um, and it's the nature of politics. Cause it's like, especially I'm doing the most contentious genre of content. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who he lost out on some like reality show, like being a participant or something because he had posted a bunch with me and like publicly agreed with the things I was saying. And it's like, is, it, is it that your dwarf friend? <laughs> JC, my little friend. Is that yeah. you're talking about? Uh, That's like the only friend I feel like I see you posting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's just memorable. I don't know. He's physically memorable and we look fun together. It's like yeah. a chatty and a little person walking around like, <laughs> that's a show. Yeah. Um, that's the show right there, JC. Why are you hiding? Um, but yeah, so the idea that it negatively impacts anyone really like fucks with my head sometimes. Um, okay, so switching gears a little bit. Let's do it. Um, when you had HRH on your like podcast like what did you guys just like you just constantly <laughs> agree with each other you're just like yeah. yes yeah i was like oh this is my twin flame um yeah it was so fun because also one of the things i hate about doing politics is i'm always i'm often like talking to like boring ass bitches and like just lame people who are those talking heads with no emotion and it's like it was fun to talk to someone who just talked real when she's like yeah like homeless people are like the worst and i'm like <laughs> You're opening me up to say even worse things that I usually say, and I appreciate yeah. that. Um, You're like trying to outdo each other. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm more problematic than you, bitch. Calm down. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun. She's great, and I just like anyone who speaks real. You know, even if they're wrong, even if they're ignorant, I'm often wrong. I'm often ignorant, but people just need to speak real. So That's it. on ignorance, do you think like so? You had a <laughs> video. Ignorance. You had a video uh, titled "Trans." Is that yes. correct? And so you spoke a little bit about like the old culture and all of that. Um, Throwback. So <laughs> do you like get off on seeing people's reactions to the uh, your statements, your beliefs, but also the language that you use? Like, is that kind of part of like your whole shtick is that you like are this pretty girl who's like happens to be trans and you're just like spitting out this like, you know, I, I guess like someone would say it's like right wing nonsense. But I mean, like, you know, trans like a pretty intense <laughs> title yeah um i think i was more so making the point that like the people i was reacting to in that video were you know it was less about them being trans and more so about them being like because it was like wow this is so stupid what you're saying um is it does it do i get off on it um I mean, you must like the shock value. I mean, at least like speaking on HRH, I feel like I see this pretty girl and then she opens her mouth and she's like a sailor. So it's like, <laughs> so there's something that is enticing about it. Um, You know, what's so crazy is like, I know everyone has like a heightened version of themselves that they put on for camera. And that's just like a thing of being in entertainment in the aspect. Um, but mine is like not really heightened that much. Yeah. Like, the, like the, going back to just speaking real, it's like, 
I kind of just do talk like that. And that's obviously one dimension of me when I'm talking about things that are heated and controversial. And I'm a very like loving, nice person to my friends and other contacts and family, whatever. But that's just how I talk. So it's like I could tone it down or I could just be who I am and people, you know, leave it or take it. And luckily people take it. Well, most people do. Yeah. So do a lot of like the trans activists and the dolls like despise you? The dolls. Um, <laughs> like Nikita, Gigi Gorgeous, like um, Eden. Do any, are you friends with any of them? Uh, Nikita and I follow each other and we've chatted a bit and she's cool. Well, she's like a secret Republican. She like posted that one picture with a hat and then deleted it like a day after. I remember that. Oh my God. Um, yeah, she, she is smart. Um, Gigi, I met her one time in a club and she was like super yacked out. Um, <laughs> but we didn't talk much. It was more so just like, Hey, fellow trans YouTuber. Hey, fellow trans YouTuber. Love yeah. it. And we just like were partying all night. Um, and then. How about like trans activists? Oh, trans activists. No, the activists hate me. Yeah. But a lot of the like regular trans women influencers and celebrities, mm -hmm. they pretend to hate me. Yeah. Like they do the whole like pretend like that's all I just don't like that when they pretend to be something else, you know, secretly behind closed doors. They think everything I say makes sense down to the period, down yeah. to the letter. But publicly they have a different image to sort of throw out there. Well, I'd also say that I, I mean, you are one of the first trans people I've ever like seen, like, Really? In the world, like online and yeah, in the world. So I feel like you've also been kind of like a role model to a lot of these girls because they're like beautiful and you. you know, you're outspoken. So I think that there's some like, of them take my name. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that crazy? Will. I've seen bitches with like the name Blair and it's like they transitioned like six months ago and I'm like, and it has the E on the end. Okay. Yeah. Just becoming you. I mean, shout out to that. But <laughs> so are you and Caitlyn Jenner friendly? Friendly. Yeah. 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 We um, it's weird. I met her a few years ago. We went to dinner and we had like the best night ever. It was such a vibe. Like she gave me amazing advice. Um, the, the kind of advice that only someone who's ex achieved as much as she has could give. And so I took that. Um, and it was like a crazy night. We got like paparazzi outside. I saw how mm -hmm. they lived, the Kardashians. And I'm like, my corneas couldn't take that. Like we walked yeah. out the restaurant and it was like, you think you see flashes when you're getting paparazzi that heavily? No, it's almost just like one light because really? all the lights are... But, um, but it was weird. It was like, after that, she was like, I want to be in a video with you. And I was like, that's exciting. Like, yeah. you just asked to be on my channel. I didn't even ask her. And then like, she kind of ghosted me for all of eternity after that. Minus a few like public tweets being nice and stuff. But I'm like, you should still come on my channel. Caitlin, where's the camera? Caitlin, come on. She didn't hit on you, did she? Make moves on you? No. Her, I don't know if she's into, like, I think she's into other like trans girls. Her, her, <laughs> her friend, her, her partner was there at dinner with us. Yeah, so that, that would have been crazy. And I would not have been receptive of that because I do like men. Yeah. Manly men. So, the, those kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about Dr. Phil because you recorded an mm. episode for Dr. Phil and I don't think we ever got it. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Right. He's a weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. Lots come out about him. Um, yeah, we went to the studio, filmed the whole thing, and it never came out. And I feel like I know that I'm not necessarily TV friendly. Mm -hmm. So that's like part one. And then part two, I just feel like the shit I was saying was not like put it in two-way box and package it as a, like I'm a nuanced person too. As much as everyone thinks I'm like, you know, ignorant or whatever, I have a lot of nuanced opinions. So I feel like because I wasn't like making a victim story out of being trans, that doesn't fit the mold of what kind of trans is on TV these days. Yeah. Especially at that time, a couple of years ago. So it might be less about Dr. Phil himself 
and maybe more so about the entire team for which, I mean, there's like a million people in that building. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was crazy to see how many people really go into all that. Um, was he nice to you? Yeah. Did yeah. He seemed senile. He seemed aware. He was present. Halfway there. Halfway. He was present yeah. for a exact amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. exact amount of time he needed to be. And then he, he, he wasn't present. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, you've seen Joe Biden lately. He's been like walking off stage and it's like, it's giving Mitch McConnell with them just like. It's giving, it. where is Joe? Because that may or may not be AI. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, who knows? Um, it'd be really interesting to see. I mean, he's clearly going to run again, but that's insane because he's the Crypt Keeper. So you're a Trump girly. Do you think like the whole Trump wave kind of gave you like an extra boost through social media? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're able to like ride that right wave. Yeah. But it what was crazy was I came on YouTube. It wasn't even like, um, his campaign wasn't even like in the thick of it really. Like it wasn't like for sure that that was the person, you know, it was still like not necessarily full Trump energy yet. Um, and so, and I wasn't even necessarily talking about hard politics at first. I moved to that later. Um, but I definitely was a part of that energy and that whole movement. And I mean, it was wild. It was a wild time. You do a lot of debates. Like personally, I feel like I'd be so stressed out doing those. Like, do you just like enjoy getting on and like arguing with people? Yeah, let's fight. <laughs> yeah. Not you, but it's like, I, I love it because I don't like how often I have to sit here with, you know, no one else in the room and I'm just talking to a camera yeah. and I'm almost feigning like I'm in a debate because I mean, everyone hears the way I talk. I talk quite aggressive. I'm doing one on Saturday, a big one. Um, you know the channel Jubilee? They do like the big, uh -huh, yeah. Yeah, they're doing like a trans liberal versus trans conservative debate. So, who knows how that's gonna go? Which side will be you'll be on? Conservative, conservative of course. Yeah, of course, I know. Um, <laughs> so who knows who they'll bring? I mean, I think that everyone who signed on to it is probably going to immediately know I'm coming. I mean, if you're doing a trans conservative, there's like two of us, and Caitlin's one. And then Caitlin's not coming, so. Yeah. So, um, being a Trumpy girl, like I, Trumpy girl, I read at one point that you went to maybe like an anti-Trump rally wearing a hat and then did oh, someone yeah. like attack you or yeah, what I got happened my ass there? beat. Um, yeah, by who? By on Hollywood Boulevard. Imagine the ghetto. Um, by they, them. <laughs> it was definitely a they, them, a few yeah. they, thems. They jumped me. It was they, it was them. It was all of their personalities coming at me at once. And it was a lot. Um, yeah, I did a social experiment video where kind of as we talked about earlier, we talked about how you can't really be a Republican in California. So I was like, all right, well, you know, this is my earlier spunkier days of YouTube where I'm like just doing anything, putting anyone and everything on my channel. I'm like, let's walk through Hollywood with a Trump hat. Uh -huh. And you know what's so crazy about that? I had no idea there was an anti-Trump rally happening. I initially <sighs> went to WeHo and the gays didn't give a fuck. Yeah. The gays were like, we're too drunk for this at brunch hour to handle this. We don't even care. Like, shout out to you, you're pretty. So I was like, all right, well, that was fun content, but wasn't necessarily the salacious Blair White 2017 content we need? No. So I was like, let's go to Hollywood Boulevard. Didn't know there was a rally. We show up and there's like a million people on the street. And I'm like, what is this? And the amount of anger there was, it had to have been political. So I was like, let's go. And within, I would say five minutes, I had my hat ripped off. Wow. I was wrestling on the ground for my hat with this like fat motherfucker um, with like a pink pussy hat on. Just demented. Was he there? Was Jordan there? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, obviously like you stepped in, like it yeah. diffused the situation at some yeah. point. I got out of there luckily. I mean, if I had been alone, hello. So you were trying to create that, like, what's that one 
bitch. Caitlin Bennett literally won the pooper in her pants, oh, that one. Yeah. So you're like going for that type of content. Yeah, I gave then. her the blueprint, basically. Are you like friends with her? Uh, no. What happened to her? I feel like I don't see her anymore. I think she, I don't know. I think she might have like had a baby and just. Chilled out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, which is probably good. But yeah, um, yeah, a lot happened. Like a bitch threw wine in my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was well, a lot. Great content though, right? It was, and it was such a crazy, oh yeah, I remember I was bleeding too. I had like my whole nail ripped off and I ripped my real one off too. I was like gushing blood. I was like, Ugh. is this what YouTube is? Like I'm like just getting jumped for clout. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was a different time in my career where I would do shit like that. Now I've had a few too many things done. Don't know if I want to risk a few of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know who Ollie London is? Like trans, like Korean trans woman, now super conservative. So I had him on and I was expressing to him that I was concerned. I mean, I believe that you're a true conservative, but he, you know, he changes identities every few months. So who really knows? But I was concerned that he's kind of being used as this puppet for the right wing to go onto Fox and to like spew out like whatever they really want to say. And, you know, he doesn't look like them. So it gives him like them a little like extra content and a way to kind of like, you know, a get you moment to the LGBT community. Do you ever feel like you are, I mean, I think you enjoy going on these platforms, but do you ever think mentally they're just looking at you as like a puppet to just say these things so that they can like, be like, oh, we got a trans girl saying all this. Like, what do you, what's the left going to say? I think that what other people feel about me is not necessarily my business. So that's the first thing. I I definitely know that that's how some of them feel. Mm -hmm. And there are certain shows that I will not go on because that is way too, I could feel that vibe already. Like I got a text this morning from Newsmax to have me on, which is like a, it's like the bootleg Fox News. Mm -hmm. And I did one interview on there where it was just kind of like, it was very much like that. And I'm like, no, like I've, you know, I'm seven years into this, almost eight years into this. I have worked so hard and as much as people have this caricature of me that I think a certain way or act a certain way, if you actually watch my content, I very much am invested in having nuanced conversations. I am not interested in coming on here and bashing LGBT people. I'm interested in coming here and cleaning house within the LGBT movement and saying, here's where we're getting it fucked up because we're at the point now where we've reached that acceptance where we have to accept that there's something that we're doing wrong as well. So from within, let's work on that. Um, but if you're going to have me on just because you think I want to say, fuck yeah. trans people, it's not going to happen. Because I don't even feel that way. You know, yeah. I genuinely don't. So I know you're not a big fan of the Black Lives Matter movement because you put out a video titled Seven Reasons Why the Black Lives Matter Sucks. Yes. Um, When it comes to like Candace Owen, she did like a big uh, piece on this. On this, and that's actually like when I started learning about like the BLM movement, how there were yeah. some like holes in it. I mean, I didn't watch the entire series, but uh, what's your relationship with her? A very interesting one. Yeah, a good one, a great one. It's so funny. <laughs> People either know or they don't know. So in 2017, her and I did a very, very heated debate mm-hmm. where she opened it calling me a man. And it was very much like a very ugly moment. It was like an hour and a half of us really like, Going for blood. <laughs> oh my gosh, I actually, now that you're saying that, that yeah. was like way back. But, and people forget partly because she rebranded after that and changed her whole like persona. Like she was Red Pill Black was her stage name. Mm-hmm. So initially the video was titled, maybe they changed it, I don't know, Blair White versus Red Pill Black. And then she became Candace Owen. So that kind of is forgotten about. Um, but she actually shouted me out like not that long ago, like in a positive way. 
So like, maybe you're chill. Yeah, but I was like, it's just interesting. I guess time heals most wounds. <laughs> so like when she went off on, you know, calling you a man and everything at yeah. first, um, did were you offended by that? Or are you like, yeah, I am a man? Um, it wasn't offended. It was more so like, this is just so pathetic because we were there to debate something else. And for that to be the first thing out of your mouth, yeah. she set the stage was like, before we even start, I just want to say for everyone watching, just so they know. And it was like, so you're just poisoning the well because you think that all these right-wing people that are watching will immediately get tribal and just side with you because there's one trans person and one not. But I still won the debate, so it didn't matter. Um, yeah, because you, I mean, both of you generally will, I would say, agree on most things. Well, we were debating um, her very, very liberal past, which at the time that past was only a few months prior, mm. you know, before her rebranded to a conservative. So at the time, I think the debate, if I remember correctly, was on like why she has this like shady, like past, like very recently, but that was so long ago too. Um, but yeah, she did a whole thing about black lives matter, which I think really informed people. Yeah. Um, it's, I kind of see black lives matter the same way I see PETA great name, decent marketing. And if people are fooled just by the name of it, people for the ethical treatment of animals, who wouldn't want that? Look at this adorable dog. Who wouldn't want to treat this animal ethically? Black Lives Matter. Who wouldn't think Black Lives Matter? Yeah. But then you look at the actual actions of the group and the people that are high up and the stealing of the money and you know the fact that they just have gotten away with so much because of that platitude ass name. Um, that's really the issue. So do you think? So you've described them as domestic terrorists at some point. Um, so would you say that like the group? The people running the group, they're the problem, but the message itself is something you believe in. Like, do you believe that like black people have been like disparaged and they've been 100%. Yeah. So you're like, and I don't think, I mean, do people call you a racist? I'm sure they call you everything, but I mean, you can name anything and they've called me it, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's the word they throw at really any influencer who isn't painting black lives matter on their body and then doing a corny TikTok singing. Like what's that one girl? who would put like the fist on her cheek and oh, she's no. like, there's some TikTok. Not on my feed. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, you know, I think that the same way that like animals are abused and that, that doesn't mean that that's isolated from, you know, the actions of PETA and stuff, or it is isolated from it. You know, there's like realities to it. It's like, you look at also Black Lives Matter is poised as this group that really, really helps black people. Meanwhile, all that funding, they were literally just stealing and buying mansions for themselves. Whereas, you know, Trump actually did things for the black community and it's completely ignored. So people are just very tribal Yeah, people like he funded all these HBCUs and he did a lot of things for Chicago and like, but because he's Trump, fuck that. But because Black Lives Matter is on our side, love them, even though they could have used all those billions of dollars they were raising to actually improve the lives of black people. So one could say you care about black people more if you recognize that that group is toxic. Yeah. So would you say you're part of the LGBT community? Like, do you like being a representative of that community? Um, this is like, or do you the, resent it? Cause it seems like some people think that you like hate, like the fact that you're trans so that you take it out on trans communities right. in general. And that narrative is so crazy to me because I actually love that I'm trans. Like there is not one part of me that wakes up in the day and at any given hour of the day is like, Oh my God, I'm trans. Like literally yeah. like, my life is amazing. I feel like the fact that I'm trans, if I'm just blunt, has opened way more doors than closed them for me. Um, and you look at all the people who will say things like Blair White hates herself for being trans. And then you look at their feed and it's like just misery. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, my life, I have a GoFundMe because my parents are kicking me out and I'm like, whatever. And I'm like, but y'all are the ones that love the fact that you're trans, but like I'm over here like making like my little Instagram fucking reels and shit yeah. and I'm like miserable. Okay. I prefer to think that I'm my best when I embrace individuals. So like meeting individuals from any community, like I can vibe with literally any type of person. I think that when you start to get into like big collectives, you start to think like, okay, well, how much do I really have in common with someone who is maybe like a bisexual male living in Tennessee mm -hmm. as a trans woman who was born in California, you know? But um, I have my foot in so many different communities. Like, do I resent the community? No. Do I have sometimes have harsh words for them? Yes, because I mean, we're giving kids sex changes. So there's some harsh words to be exchanged there. Yeah. But in general, you know, all my best friends in life have been gays and, you know, have tons of trans friends. So I love any and all individuals that I vibe with. Awesome. Well, do you have anything you'd like to promote before we wrap up? Oh my gosh. Anything you're working on? Um, I'm working on so much, but just just google me and have fun there's a lot of shit to sort through a lot of things being said a lot of things a lot of lies you can believe a lot yeah. of truths you can deny and vice versa mix it up um that is google me you're okay. always putting content out there and i love that because like the more the merrier like we love yes. our content creators so thank you so much blair thank for coming you. on your fucking thank birthday you for the cake. i know like i can't believe you're here so thank you for coming on Yay. and everything will be listed below so go and check out blair and until next time i'll see you in our new episode bye guys Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.